It's time to talk sports. It's Hacksaw's Headlines. A panorama of the world of sports. Stories, comments, and opinions. Now, here's iconic sports talk show host Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and co-host John Riley. Who wants to talk sports? We do. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, along with my co-host John Riley. We welcome you to the Dixon Line Lumber and Home Center Studios in San Diego as we head towards the Great Sports Weekend, our Thursday regular podcast. And John, we had a hodgepodge of topics on the table. We got about a half hour to get our Zoom session in. Nice to see you again. Glad you're feeling better. Let's talk topics on the table. Okay, so let's. We got to start with the Padres, right? I mean, Blake Snell had another great outing last night. Well, here's the storyline, and here's the question that we're going to pose. Not so much that the Padres finally beat the Dodgers in a game, or the Dodgers have pitching problems, or the Angels have unraveled. I got a question here. Who would you bid on? Because the three most viable free agents in baseball at the end of the season all have ties to Southern California. And let's start with Blake Snell. He is now 13-3. and three. Amazing statistic in his last 21 starts. 1.31 ERA in those last 21 starts. You never see that. His career record, 71 and 55. Career ERA, 3.26. Guys making 16 million this season, represented by you know who? Scott, Scott Boris. <laughs> uh, price tag is probably going to be 30 million per season. He's on a path to maybe win his second Cy Young Award of his career. Who could have seen this coming? Because we had seen no consistency from Blake Snell in San Diego since he got here from Tampa. So Blake Snell suddenly becomes the marquee free agent on the open market. And now we're going to touch the toxic names. Trevor Bauer, Yokohama Bay Stars, he's going to try to come back here in the offseason and get a major league free agent contract. Why? He's 10-4. and four the 2.76 ERA, 130 strikeouts in 130 innings in Japan. He's the best pitcher in the Nippon League. And then the third name is Julio Urias of the Dodgers, removed from the Dodgers. His career record is 60 and 25. He's got a 3.11 ERA. Is he worth 30 million on the open market? He too is represented by Scott Boros, but he is looking at a 60 game suspension. So here we are with just a couple of weeks to go in the baseball season, and you got one hot guy who's resurrected his career, one controversial guy who's trying to get back here in the States and pitching really well in Japan, and the third young arm's got all these peripheral problems around him and is probably looking at a 60-game suspension. So that's one of my baseball topics today. John, go ahead and respond. Yeah, I think Julio Urias is is uh, radioactive. He's uh, you know at Dodger Stadium they were covering the murals in the stadium. Um, I think that's a guy that's going to struggle to get a deal. Bauer, on the other hand, um, you know he still hasn't been you know busted according to the law. There's a lot of people that defend Bauer, you know, like him or not, but he's going to get another shot somewhere else. But man, Blake Snell was just so terrific again last night against the Dodgers. He seems like he's really figured it out. Um, to me, that he's a dude that's going to cash in, and good for him, you know. And we, he's a likable guy. Could the Padres afford him? You know, how much money does Peter Seidler have? But someone's going to pay him thirty mil or more a year, no doubt about 
it will be interesting to see because Seidler has a good working relationship with Scott Boros, but Boros is all about the dollars and cents. You know, how many big money starters can you have at the front end of your rotation because they have a long-term commitment to Darvish. They obviously re-upped Joe Musgrove. Um, now, maybe they could, they'll move some bodies off the roster, but to add another $30 million to your payroll from Blake Snell remains to be seen. Now, this is off the charts. Who knows who's going to own the Angels? You can own the Angels. <laughs> I'm not going to buy the Angels. But the Angels need pitching. Could you see the Angels writing checks for Snell, Bauer, and Urias and fixing this whole thing at Anaheim Stadium just like that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it depends. Is Artie Moreno still going to own the team? There's just all these big question marks around it. But it seems they've tried to get big hitters, and the big hitters always get hurt. So maybe they need to shift gears and, and focus on pitching. That might not be a bad approach. Okay, we go from that baseball story to a late-breaking baseball story on a Thursday morning, John. Yeah, the Mets, the Red Sox. What's going on over there in the East Coast? I guess you could say front office firings and <laughs> hirings just like that, and we're not even to the end of the season. Boston Red Sox, in a bit of a surprise, fired their president of baseball operations, Chain Bloom, and removed their general manager, Brian O'Halloran, in what appears to be a big shakeup shake at Fenway Park. Wow. Uh, they've had two really substandard seasons in Boston, chunk of it because of injuries and illness. Uh, but they were 78 and 84 last year. They dug a big hole on themselves. They crawled back into a wild card race and now faltered again. They're going to struggle to finish a 500 season. So Boston is going to go into the marketplace. I think it's one of the great organizations, one of the great baseball cities in America, John. And they're going to find a general manager, a good general manager, a general manager that is a difference maker. The Mets have filled their front office vacancy. And this, most people in baseball of the opinion, really good hire. We're talking about the hiring of David Stearns. He was the president of baseball ops and general manager in Milwaukee. They tried to get him a year ago. He was under contract. Milwaukee would not let him go. He decided not to sign an extension. He has now gone to the New York Mets as their president of operations. And the general manager, Billy Epler, will stay. But I don't know that he'll be the general manager after this miserable season ever had wrecked by injuries. Uh, everything will go through the office of David Stearns. And now you got Milwaukee's franchise, which is a really good team. They're in first place, built it through the farm system, really unsung heroes in pitching. They're going to need a new general manager. Now, other jobs that might be open, who knows what happens at Yankee Stadium. But this is not New York Yankee baseball, as we've come to know for a long period of time. And people are inquiring through me, Padres. I just don't see the Padres hitting the eject button on A.J. Preller. I think Peter Seidler has given them this extension. They're going to try to see this thing through. But the question is, will it be a different budget, a lesser budget? And how, how are they going to add what they need to add to a bloated payroll that has not produced this season? So we got three teams right now in the process of moving people in and around their front office. We have fascinating offseason, and there may be some more changes coming other places. you got to figure that some of the um, front office staff in Atlanta might be uh... – you know, up for a, a promotion, given how that organization is done. Yeah, and I might add Toronto looks like it's really underachieving. There's something not right in that Blue Jay operation, and they've had a fair amount of success, so there, there could be changes there. We go from there. Let's talk NFL football. The Aaron Rodgers injury, well, that was just horrible. What a blow of bad luck for the Jets. 
Well, I guess the burning question, John, is the Jets' season over before it ever began. Aaron Rodgers has gone public, quote right there, I will rise again, meaning he's going to come back <laughs> and play next season. But, John, the rehab from a torn Achilles tendon is just a monstrous rehab. Add into that, he's age 40. I think it's a really tough injury to come back at such a very important position where mobility is, is critical. Uh, what a disaster. You know, he, get, he took three hits on the first three plays. And I had talked last week with you about the Jets. Can they protect the quarterback? Well, Rodgers got hit. And then he's scrambling out of the pocket and twists and his cleats catch on the turf. He, the torn Achilles did not come from a blow. He was going down. His foot went one way because it was caught on the turf. It, it's a terrible loss. You know, his career, as, as glitzy as it's been, He's had a foot fracture, shoulder fracture, fractured thumb, fractured toe, three concussions and three calf injuries. And yet he's hardly ever off the field. But this is a long road back. Green Bay loses because in the trade to send Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, John, if he played 35 percent of the snaps this year, Green Bay would have gotten a number one pick. But they won't Ah. get the number one pick because he's gone. They'll settle for a number two pick. Now, the question is, what happens to the Jets? Zach Wilson, the ex-BYU quarterback who struggled badly first two years. Everybody, hey, the pictures at City Field, everybody, the fans throwing their hands up in the air as they were carting Aaron Rodgers up. What's different, though, is they've kind of rebuilt the Jets roster to kind of match Aaron Rodgers. They brought in a couple of three wide receivers. Well, Zach Wilson didn't have those guys his first two years. The offensive line last year that lost four offensive tackles with significant injuries. They're all back. They're all healthy. And they went out and they went into the marketplace and they got a running back. So I I just got to believe that it's probably going to be a better team around Zach Wilson this time. And where are they going to go get a backup? Well, to me, the most convenient name is veteran Joe Flacco, who was a backup to the Jets the last year. Knows Robert Saleh, knows the playbook, the coaching staff, et cetera, although he's never interacted with uh, (coughs) the uh, offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Flacco, to me, makes most sense because he steps in. He's in good shape. He knows everything. He's been in the league. He knows their playbook. There is some thought about Colt McCoy, and there was a phone call made involving Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) That, to me, would make sense if this were five years ago, but he's been out of the NFL for six seasons. So Rodgers is defiant. He's always defiant about everything. Rodgers is defiant. I will rise again. I will play. It is a long road back. But I, I think the Jets are not going to the bottom of the floor right now because I think they got better people around Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackle will just have to coach him up and make him better to fit what's there. Your response. So Aaron Rodgers, the savior in New York, he will rise again, be resurrected three days later. Um, what a guy. Uh, you know, I think this is an opportunity for Zach Wilson to step up. I mean, you know, everything is there for him to succeed. I think that's a great thing. It's fun to think about Kaepernick, but Joe Flacco? I mean, how old is Joe Flacco? He's got to be close to 40 as well, right? Yeah, but he's only there as a backup, but he comes in the front door and he knows everything about their system. There you go. But what's your what's your take on all of these uh, NFL players that were upset about the turf on the field and wanting to get everyone to transition back to grass? It's a very complex thing. Union has picked up the flag and the players are right behind them. Uh, the, the, the issue is some of these stadiums 
are owned by NFL teams, so they could make the investment to tear out the turf and put in grass. Some of these stadiums are city, civic, county-owned facilities, which means we need field turf because we've got so many other events that are playing in the stadium that serve our community. This is not going to happen overnight, but this is the first time in a long time there's been a unification of the union and the players to get rid of this. Only time will tell. Next NFL topic. Jim Trotter, local San Diego guy in the news. Yeah, Jim Trotter, longtime Union Tribune reporter, went to ESPN, has moved around. He was with the NFL Network. He's now with The Athletic, the big sports website, has filed a major lawsuit against the NFL and Roger Goodell over his termination from the NFL Network. And he says they created a hostile workplace environment. That's the basis of the lawsuit. Um, He worked for the NFL Network for five years as an outside reporter. He's charged racial discrimination over their hiring practices. They do not have any African-Americans and upper echelon job responsibilities at the NFL Network. He confronted Roger Goodell at the Super Bowl press conference twice last year about that. He got blown off and then then they terminated him. They did not extend his contract. Uh, he's, He's charged also that they squashed a number of written articles that he wrote that had some very critical aspects of racial comments made by the Buffalo Bills owner, Terry Pagula, made by Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. And he questions the ownership, why they take action against certain owners like Jerry Richardson, Carolina, Daniel Snyder, Washington, and they've never taken action against Robert Kraft, who was involved in, quote, prostitutes in Jupiter, Florida. So it, it, there, there's a, this is a deep story. Um, you know, he will have to present information that all these investigative stories that he had written about Terry Pagula and Jerry Jones were factual. The league has said they did their own investigation. The league says that's an old story. We found nothing wrong there. But, you know, his Jim Trotter's response is, and he's a stand-up guy, is you always do this. You always cover things up. Terry Pagula's response that got him into hot water with Jim Trotter was, if the African player, African-American players in the NFL don't like how we run the league, they can go back to Africa. you got to be kidding me. You're saying that in 2023? Really? And Jerry Jones' comment about, well, if the Blacks don't like the way we pay our players, they can buy their own team and hire their own coaches. So uh, I just I find it hard, hard to believe in 2023 that some of the richest people in the league would have that mentality to talk that way, considering Black Lives Matter and everything that's happened in the white-black relationship across America. Trotter's going to have to prove it specifically. Is there a tape? Is there audio? Is there video of Pagula and Jerry Jones saying these things? And if there is, then the league's going to have an issue. Why you never took action against those owners? Your response? Wow. I mean, that's that's something. Um you know, it's just the good old boys, right? They, they own all the NFL teams and and they kind of have their thing going. But Jim Trotter has always struck me as a very sharp man and a guy that has great insight. Lee, I'd imagine you've crossed paths with him when he was at the UT. It was, that was around the time that you were the voice of the Chargers, right? Yeah, no, he, he did a fine job and his career jumped up and he went to some very marquee places. He's not what I'd call a troublemaker, but he's not afraid to write and report on really important issues, even nice. though there may be some stinging aspects to those issues. 
Uh, and he's not, it's obvious to me, he is not going to be bullied by anybody in the National Football League. He's, he's going to present this evidence if it does get to court. And a burning question, the NFL historically, when they've been wrong on things, suddenly write a check and the story <laughs> goes away, whether that's the concussion lawsuit or anything like that. So we'll, we'll track this story and we'll see where this goes. Before we get to the great sports weekend, I want to remind you that our podcast is brought to you by Dixon Line Lumber and Home Center Stores. For fall, fix it, build it, you will enjoy it at Dixie Line Lumber. Have we got some games to talk about? Oh, yeah. Week two is going to be terrific. I'm like really looking forward to that Niners-Rams game. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, you're posted there. These are the hot games. Chargers go to Tennessee. Weather forecast, hot, humid, and a 100% chance of running back Derrick Henry. They are going to run the ball. They are going to pound the ball. Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions last week. DeAndre Hopkins wants to be more of the offense. He, of course, is the veteran wide receiver who just came on board. Mike Vrabel, I think, is a really good coach. He gets his guys cranked up. They're going to get their guys cranked up because they had a real crap weekend last weekend when they lost. Big questions for the Chargers. Austin Eckler. Gimpy ankle. He left camp. He is mourning the loss of his agent who just passed away from cancer. Mm. So it's been a tough week for Austin Eckler, who's not practiced. Joey Bosa's got a hamstring that flared at the end of the game. Eric Hendricks, the linebacker, has got a hamstring that he was playing through. That flared. He has not been able to practice early stage of the week. But they got Justin Herbert. They got these wide receivers. I got to believe that Tennessee. He's just going to run the bleeping ball so they can keep Justin Herbert off the field. Yeah. So that that spins into the next question, John, as you and I have chatted about. Uh, Charger defense, you know, the <laughs> one that gave up 536 yards last week. Charger run defense, which has been pitiful. And they're going to get a heavy dose. Derrick Henry squared on the weekend. What do you think? Derrick Henry is a very large human being <laughs> and with broad shoulders and as strong as an ox. I mean, I could see him rumbling down the field all day. This might be another choke job by the Chargers on the road. 49ers Rams. Nobody that I know can believe that Matthew Stafford threw for 344 last week up in Seattle. This is going to be what an assignment because you got Stafford versus that bad boy San Francisco defense. You got Chris and McCaffrey, who had 152 yards rushing last week, going in action against Aaron Donald. I just don't know that the Rams have enough to hold up in this game. And like we talked about in our NFL preview, we know two things about San Francisco. They will maul you on offense, and they will mug you on defense. You tell me how the Rams hold up to this, John. They don't have a chance. But, you know, they're surprising. I mean, they had a couple of receivers there I never even heard of that had a lot of yards, um, you know, for Stafford. But is this game up in uh, Santa Clara or is it a SoFi? Uh, SoFi. Okay, yeah. So it be an interesting game. I mean, are the Rams for real? I guess we're going to find out. Miami, New England. You got Tua. You got Tariq. You got Waddle. You got an offense that just blistered the Chargers. Now they're going against Belichick's defense, which is going to be different. Mac Jones threw for 305 last week, even though the Patriots wound up losing that mm-hmm. game. Jones hooking up with the new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. Uh, you know, the thing that impressed me the most, Tua, he got that ball out of there quick. He never got hit, never got sacked, took 46 dropbacks, and they couldn't do anything to get to him. Now, I, with New England's defense and how decent they are in the back seven, how athletic they are, 
I think New England's whole thing is they're going to try to make Tua hold the ball for a chunk of time till the pass rush gets to him because they're going to drop so many people into all types of smart guy coverages. I, I think that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I was really impressed with the Dolphins last weekend. So I've got to believe they're going to be favorites on the road. Sunday was really bad in Pittsburgh, and Monday was even worse. Cam Hayward, gone eight weeks. Their top big boy defensive end uh, surgery groin area. Uh, Steelers got hammered at home. Now they go play Cleveland, Chubb, Watson, Jim, uh, uh, Miles Garrett, Jim Schwartz's new defense. Pittsburgh's going to be 0-2, and 0-2 in the division. I mean, this would be a big hole for them to come back from. Has Tomlin ever had a losing season? I don't think he Never. has. Never. So maybe this is the year. Well, last year, they were sub-500, and they made a phenomenal sprint to the finish line with Kenny Pickett as the first-year quarterback. Uh, Baltimore-Cincinnati, speaking of being 0-2, is it a different Joe Burrow this weekend? That That's a burning mm-hmm. question because he really struggled. Baltimore's got Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham, three wide receivers who are all kids that complement Beckham. Unbelievably tough defense. They did lose J.K. Dobbins, their top running back with a ruptured Achilles. So Baltimore's going to have to do running back by committee just the second week into the season. So which Joe Burrow shows up? Because that was not vintage Joe Burrow last week. Yeah, we, we're going to find out. I mean, this is a huge game. But you pick the Ravens to upset and win that division. So, you know, maybe maybe the Bengals will be 0-2. Seattle, Detroit, Seahawks. Are they going to go 0-2? This game is at Ford Field. You think in Detroit they'll be amped up for this game? Yes. They'll start drinking on Saturday to be ready for (laughs) Sunday. Uh, Seattle's lost both of its offensive tackles. Their DBs are banged up. And the Lions just punish people. Uh, Detroit could be 2-0, living up to the hype. And Seattle, which I couldn't believe, might be 0-2 after losing to the Rams. Would they lose to Detroit? So Yeah, Geno Smith, I mean, for so long, he just sort of sputtered and was a backup and had that great year last year, and now we're getting the old Geno Smith. But I love the whole Lions story, so I hope they keep rolling. Okay, we get to halftime, brought to you by Dixie Line Lumber and Home Center Stores. Reminder, Dixie Line for fall projects. Dixie Line's got it all. Power tools, paint, doors, windows, decking, outdoor lighting, inside or outside. Looking to do something for the fall? Look to Dixie Line Lumber to help you. By the way, go to the website, DixieLine.com. Check out their monthly ad promotions. Dixie Line. Fix it. Build it. Enjoy it. Second half of our Thursday podcast, heading towards the great sports weekend. John, we got some big names here, and we got some bad stories to talk about. Probably no big names. Yeah, this Mel Tucker thing is just not going away. And now there's uh, some nonsense in Houston, too. Let's talk, first of all, with the Michigan State coach. He remains suspended. His 10-year, $95 million contract is in real jeopardy. Michigan State is now going to hold a hearing that Tucker must appear at. It involves sexual misconduct with the counselor, Brenda Tracy, who has a foundation that goes around the country and talks to uh, football players and programs about their responsibility as a man towards women on the campus, et cetera. And now Mel Mel Tucker has stood up and said, what happened between me and Brenda Tracy was my private life on my private time. And the university says, no, it's not. And Michigan State, of course, has this thing hanging over their neck about Dr. Larry Nasser, the Olympic doctor 
the sexual misconduct with all the Olympic gymnasts, what happened to the U.S. Olympic team. It's not a good look for Michigan State's leadership. It's a bad situation for Mel Tucker. Yeah, now, not the uh, disgrace. <laughs> Houston, Kevin Porter is going to be expelled from the NBA. Star guard, 24 points a game. NBA doesn't give a crap. He's been arrested. Felony choking of his girlfriend. Oh, fractured geez. her neck. Eye injury from a beating. This guy had already been suspended by the league for, quote, COVID violations a couple of years ago. Had been arrested on gun and alcohol issues. This guy's making mega money, and he's out of the NBA or will be out of the NBA very quickly. Bad citizen. How do you make those decisions to do what he did? Third name is a controversial soccer name, Paul Pogba. Manchester United got rid of him after paying a phenomenal amount of money to get him. His career just sputtered with Man U. He was a coaching nightmare. He wound up going to Juventus of Italy. Manchester United opened the door, said, leave. He just tested positive for PEDs. That's a four-year violation. It's probably end of your career. How do these guys, John, make these decisions? Yeah, I mean, what a bunch of dopes. I mean, they have all the opportunity right in front of them. I mean, you can add Julio Urias to that list and John Morant and all these other guys that we've covered. But just a disgrace. It's great to see the league step up and take a sharp action. But wow, four years for uh, PEDs in um, international soccer. That's a ton. That's how FIFA deals with it. They deal with it really sternly. Last topic on the table. This is about soccer. Corner kick me a question or two here. Okay. So, yeah, USA, Saudi. I mean, what's going on here between these two nations and teams? Okay, let's talk about Team USA. Uh, Greg Berhalter has taken control of the program. They played two friendly games this past week internationally. They just won 4 nothing against Oman. They had a 2 nothing victory in the first international. Roberto Pepe scores another goal. Valerian Balogan scores his first goal for Burhalter. Goaltender Matt Turner continues to do really well. Turner's from Nottingham Forest and is playing really well in the EPL. Comes back here and cornerstones Team USA. They're now 2-0 in friendlies. Matt Crocker, the general manager of the entire U.S. soccer program, says the interviews have begun privately behind closed doors. They will have a new coach for the U.S. women's team he believes by the 1st of November, and as he mm-hmm. says, we have a lot of young talent, and there are a lot of coaches that want to coach that young talent in Team USA. And we spent the entire spring and summer talking about the Saudi League and the amount of money the public investment firm was funneling out to try to steal players. Just been reported in the London Guardian, the English Premier League teams made $311 million from the Saudi fund with transfer of players out the door. That's a stunning story. The report also in The Guardian says the Saudi fund spent $711 million in global transfers. That's players from not just England, but Spain, Italy, Germany, wherever they would buy them from. 31 players have left the EPL to go uh, play in Saudi Arabia, and there's huge debate. How do we control these people from not raiding us in the middle of the night? Because it impacts it impacts the English Premier League if you're stealing top players and grossly overpaying them. Nobody has a solution to that situation. 
So, John, you got Team USA to talk about, and you got the Saudis to talk about. Yeah, well, good on good on Team USA for getting organized for a new coach. I like that. I saw a little bit of the game against Oman. I saw Burhalter on the sidelines. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to feel it again. But the Saudi thing's crazy. I mean, they got so much money. I mean, we've learned in America, as Padre fans, you can't just keep paying money and it's going to solve all the problems. But yeah, I mean, if a lot of the top players are leaving the EPL, I mean, that's the premier league in, on, on the planet. Um, that's got to be a big blow for those teams. But, you know, still, I mean, the fans are going to show up and watch that those teams on TV anyways. So maybe it's not that bad of a financial hit to, to England. Okay, closing comment here before we wrap things up. For everybody that joins us on our live streams, on our Monday bonus podcast and our regular Thursday podcast, John, how can they subscribe? And when we come back next Monday, we'll reopen the fans forum portal to give them to join us. But how do they subscribe? What do we offer them? And then how do they do the fans forum? Okay, so you can subscribe to Hacksaw's content all over the internet. So on all the audio-only podcast platforms like Google and Apple and, and Stitcher and everything else, you can subscribe there. Subscribe on YouTube. Click on that bell. You'll get the updates. We're releasing video content every day of the week um, on, on YouTube. And then, you know, Hacksaw is also on Instagram and threads and uh what else? TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and, of course, YouTube. So make sure you like, follow, share, and subscribe to all the Hacksaw content so you'll get the latest updates. And if you like sports, check my website. It's all written, leehacksawhamilton.com. We'll return to our regular format come Monday with our bonus package podcast. John, it's been interesting. Great weekend ahead of us. Have yourself a great sports weekend. We'll see you come Monday. Come Monday. We'll be uh, ready to go. And. For you viewing us, thanks for joining us on our Thursday podcast on Hacksaw's Headlines. Join us again for Hacksaw's Headlines on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And find the audio version on your favorite podcast app. Touchdown, San Diego! For more content, go to LeeHacksawHamilton.com.